catches its prey Except for with way less blood I didn't try to run away No, I didn't try to run podcast highlighting newer artists, giving them the spotlight to shine and an opportunity to learn them better as listeners. My name is Ash, and I'll be your host for today. Today we have local alternative rock band Alex Vile joining. Thank you for coming over. Could you introduce yourself and say what you do in the band? Yeah, my name's Alex. Thank you for having us, by the way. Um, and I'm the singer, and I also play guitar. My name's Kaylin, and I play bass. I'm Evan. I'm on the drums. My name's Leo, and I play uh, guitar. All right. It's been a fun ride watching you guys grow. I've been coming to a few of your shows and learning a little more about you through a little research. So I'm really excited to be able to kind of talk with you guys and understand a little more of what it is for Alex Vile and what it is for each individual member of Alex Vile. So let's start by talking a little bit about how it has been affecting you as a person in your own life to gig around town, go around Seattle, go around Washington, even maybe even other states. How's that been affecting you guys? Honestly, I literally don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this all the yeah. time. Like, I feel like it kind of keeps me sane in a way, having a show lined up at the end of the week. If I had like a really bad week, I'm like, well, it's fine because I get all that energy out on stage and I get to do something that I love to do. Don't get us wrong. There are times <laughs> where it is very, very busy yes. and we get very, very tired from gigging, you know, three shows in a weekend where we come home and we just pass out. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much opportunity that comes out of it that it's it's always really exciting to, to yeah. be able to play. Yeah, and like focusing, like 
on the sense outside of the band, just like it's really cool because first of all, you just see more places. You meet people that you wouldn't normally meet. And then like, I mean, just like you'll find people that are like, oh, I love listening to music. Like, whoa, that's just crazy. It's like it's a good feeling to like hear people like that's actually true. going out of the way to listen to something you put out. Yeah, how it affects my life is like life-wise, I definitely have a lot less money now <laughs> because I I can't like work as much and it does cost a lot of money with driving and stuff. But like happiness and quality of life, it's a lot better. I feel like it makes me feel like I have less loss. Like obviously like with music, you, I mean, there's a lot of open-ended questions, but it kind of gives me s- sort of like a purpose, something that I can constantly work on it. I feel like it also... Yeah, just meeting people, and also it makes my confidence higher. Yeah. I feel like being just, on stage it, performing helps it, for, with for that. me, it's like I feel like my life is going the way I want it to go yeah. Yeah. for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. stuff feels right. Yeah. yeah, that definitely is a feeling, but if I'm not mistaken, you guys started really performing more in 2022 and getting out there, and you guys performed a lot of shows after of August of 2022, which I believe Leo and Evan, you two joined the band yeah. around that timeline. Yeah. 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 So it was like thirty shows and just yeah, twenty five. Like so, something like that. It was it was something between twenty five and thirty. Yeah. I genuinely lost count because there's some little things that you can do to just get a gig and play play a couple songs for a crowd of people that you'd normally never expect to play. Yeah, I mean, me and Alex did acoustic sets, which just yeah, because like, I. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to drop a show, so mm-hmm. if we all can't make it. I'm like, okay, yeah. acoustic set, yeah, let's go because we, we, couldn't make it. we show yeah. one time we showcased some music from a venue we're associated with, Real Art Tacoma, at an awards ceremony. Just yeah, to, it's mm-hmm. cool stuff to, like that to show music to the local community yeah. at like a community center. It was it was like really cool. It's important as a beginning band to really hit it running and try to get every opportunity you can and not say no to shows even if it might not be like a big crowd or whatever because that's how you get those connections early on you get your name out there you get your name out but i don't know i also love playing so i want to do it all the time yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean for people who are trying to get out there real art tacoma Mm -hmm. like we mentioned that's actually one of my big questions because i understand there is a significance for real art tacoma for the band of alex vile because that was your first venue that you could easily perform at and it's still one of the venues that you regularly perform at. Mm-hmm. So uh, how would you say Real Art Tacoma has affected your career in a general path? If you want to get back, oh, I think yeah. like me and Evan's first shows we've ever played in bands were at Real Art. Like if on our own like volition, not like you know playing like a school band or something like or, that. Or like a music program yeah. band. It's it's like a, a band that, that we sat, sat in a garage and decided we wanted to make music. And play it and, for who knows. And Relay gave us that opportunity, and that it really kickstarted a lot of what I do today. Our, our first show that really meant something to us career-wise, like we want to do it for the rest of our lives, was all the way back in 2019 mm-hmm. in September. Um, and from there, we made a ton of connections within the local scene and garnered a little bit of a following up until covid mm-hmm. and we, we released our album just of music just as a proof of concept but that mm. that entire area was perpetrated by the fact that we could start our career at a place and so find fans so find so welcoming and so so willing to give us the opportunity yeah. and it's not just finding fans it's about finding bands that you want to play with <laughs> and bands to help build each other up yeah definitely because as I believe I mentioned before, I met you guys through Real Art Tacoma. Yeah, I was exactly. just there. So for any of you guys who are just wanting to go to a show, go have a fun night out, or just meet a couple cool bunch of people who share a passion for music and want to publish their music or push it out, Real Art Tacoma and, is and definitely... And it's not just a venue, too. It's it's, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. coffee I mean, shop. I work it's... there. Like, y'all come through. I make really good sandwiches. <laughs> um... It's a t-shirt shop. There's a barber shop <laughs> yeah, in the background. I think about, like... How I got introduced into the DIY and local scene was through going to real art shows in high school. I actually saw Evan and Leo's old band play mm-hmm. before, like before I knew before them. Before we even knew each other. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, it was the first, first place I ever played and I could get a show easily and they didn't care about my experience, which was nice. It gave me that like little like, oh, I can actually do this. Yay. Yeah, definitely. One of the things you mentioned was the COVID era and how it hit you guys in terms of performances. I know a lot of artists decided to focus a little more on recording, publishing through COVID because everything was pretty much closed down. Everything was canceled. And so talking a little more about recording, I believe you guys work with Jim Kaufman, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. Yep. Recording aspect, you guys have worked with Kaufman Recordings and 
had a bunch of experience with new songs such as Color Me Cold. I wanted to ask you guys, for each of you individually and as a band, how does it feel in terms of differences or similarities to perform live instead of recording in a recording studio? I, I'm gonna go, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I personally, my first time recording like in a studio setting was for Color Me Cold and we recorded a few other songs. And that was a complete 180 to performing because performing it's kind of like, you're you're doing this for fun and you're doing this to showcase something, but recording it's it's like you're trying to like master it and like really hone in on the little details. And you can't miss one thing. Yeah, yeah, you cannot miss a thing. And in the studio, you don't get as much freedom as you do on stage. Like on stage, I, I get to improvise so much and, and play with the fills and take the song different places based on how we're feeling and, and, you know, can like communicate with each other. But in the studio, it's like there's a click in one ear and there's all the other guys in a different room on the other ear. And I'm trying to drum exactly it right. really <laughs> breaks it down to you. It's not, it's not, it's almost like, yeah. I mean, you're so with your band, but you're like, you need to find out what you're playing. You need to figure out the right way to play it. And it's not just like the right notes. It's like, you have to really get that nuance that you're playing right, just right. You have to make your instrument sound like you without somebody seeing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah you know, it's also it. kind of yeah. scary because like when you release music, unless you take it down, like it's out there forever. Like people are going to think of the song. They're going to think of how it sounds on the recording. Mm-hmm. So like when I play live, I always obviously I want to, you know, hit all the notes, play all the right chords. But the main thing I'm focusing on is not being boring, putting on a good show and just letting out my emotions mm-hmm. versus in recording. I want to do the same thing. But I also want it to sound good for years to come. You're also not able to make mistakes. You have to put that like good show energy through the music. And I've realized with singing, like I I notice on Top Dog and Tiger, there's some things I do with singing that I don't like as much as the newer stuff we recorded because I was kind of singing it like I was singing live. But the thing is like when you're singing recording, like you can't sing it how you're singing live. I feel like when I'm live, I'm maybe singing a little crazier than in the recording. Yeah, yeah. Every, gotta everything really good. Everything has to really complement each other. Yeah, like or else you, it gets really muddy. Yeah. yeah, it does. And part of performing live is always going a little more crazier, enjoying yeah. it. It's putting on a show. Yeah, yeah. feeling the Making that vibe of the fans. Different, you know? yeah. Making it like a different experience from just listening on Spotify. You want to go out to our shows because it's like, you yeah. Know. yeah, there's definitely an aspect of it that you want to have a showmanship as well as just the music that you're mm-hmm. performing. However, in terms of performing music, in terms of gigging, in terms of tours even, what are some of your future ambitions for maybe your next singles or the ones that you already have out? What are some things you're looking forward to for performances? As for our next single, okay, this day, I feel like it's 90% set in stone. April 14th, it's going to get released. It's a Friday. It's called Never Awake. We recorded it when we recorded Color Me Cold. Mm -hmm. Same session. All of us are on this one. Yep. I'm really excited about it. It was like one of the first songs I ever wrote on guitar and what everybody added to it. Like it sounds tenfold better. This is one of the ones that Alex had pretty much already done. And Leo and I joined in on the band and kind of expanded the idea and and turned pieces up to 11. Yeah. Rearranged structure and whatnot. It ends up being a very complete Alex Vile song, but it's got that early touch of Top yeah. Dog, Tiger. Yeah, I'd say definitely it's mm-hmm. fun. It's kind of nostalgic for me to play and listen to. And I feel like coming from Color Me Cold, it kind of, it's a, it's a little pick-me-up. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still kind of depressing lyric-wise, but energy-wise, <laughs> you know, it's a little pick-me-up. It's a little, up, bit, a little higher, higher yeah. energy. It's a fun one. I understand that you've been writing the past few songs and Top Dog, Tiger, and even Color Me Cold were some of your writing and Color Me Cold was the first opportunity that you had to have the full band in the recording session mm-hmm. and get it to be the pretty much Alex Vile that you want it to be. Yeah, and I'm so eager about this. the other songs that like we have recorded that we're not releasing for some months. There's one that even was like mainly Leo and then Leo and Evan wrote it and then brought it to us and it's yeah. like my favorite and I can't the, wait. The, the further we go along, the more we are incorporating all of our and it's cool. It makes it like less boring. Original ideas, like we're working on new stuff from from a riff Kaylin wrote, mm-hmm. from a riff I'm, I wrote. Yeah, so excited for exciting. everybody to see yeah. what's it's evolving into. Yeah, that's all exciting. Talking about actually recording and writing your own original musics, I was curious. What are some of the influences in your kind of music writing style? I know some of your favorite artists 
but I wanted to kind of touch upon what are some influences that you might have mm. had as individual artists oh. as well as Alex Vile's sound? Yeah. That's always hard for me to choose myself, but like the best, but I'll put it like this, like the best compliment I've ever gotten was that somebody compared my guitar playing to like Sunny Day Real Estate and I was like, oh <laughs> that's, thank that you is, for just That is a compliment. That. So I, I've been told my drums sound a lot like the, the drums on, on the Hum record. Uh, we prefer an astronaut. I, I, I really like that record a lot it's like a huge inspiration to me and i, I definitely rip things <laughs> off from from the things that i like i think every every drummer on the planet does that i mean with dave grohl um yeah. smells like teen spirit is just like disco oh yeah some of know? the some of the most classic kind of styles that you can hear all the time and it just never gets old they... exactly and that's how i kind of figure out a lot of my influences because like it, it is like subconscious like you're saying so when somebody yeah. points out like you know what you're kind of right i do try to take from that so yeah. i think like you guys hit it pretty well like i take a lot of influence from like early emo and hum is like you prefer an astronaut is like the record like it is the, the album yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think yeah. it's interesting for me because the artist that got me into Wanting to play music is like flat sound, like modern baseball, the front bottoms. Um, (laughs) And then I was also like really into like indie folk in high school. Like that was kind of what I thought, oh, I sound like, but it ended up turning into something else. I think it's because I learned how to play guitar from my boyfriend and he's really into grunge and I I didn't really listen to a lot of rock and grunge music growing up, but then I got really into it. So I feel like it's become kind of like a subconscious influence. But when I think about, like, if people try to describe our sound and compare it to somebody else, I feel like low-key the goal is that they can't compare it yeah. to someone yeah. else. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Like, I've heard I've heard Hole. I've heard Sonic Youth. Heard I've heard Pixies. Pixies, which mm-hmm. I love all of them. Pixies is a great compliment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good but, yeah, it'd be cool if people are like, no, we don't know what they sound like. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, as you can tell from all the music we like, I feel like we pull from different... It's it's Aspires. really easy to just call us grunge because so many so much of our in, influence comes from that early '90s yeah. sound. But I don't think I would label us as that either because yeah. we we do so much different. Yeah, no. you're and kind I, of creating your own sound. As well not, as I mean, we still it. take influence from bands that are releasing music like the past five years, dude. Like, yeah, and we I know like. Also, like surf rock is mm-hmm. also like, kind oh, of that's Fiddler. something that I, I, like Fiddler, I've been I really want to touch more. Old Fiddler into. is some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. yeah, I have a Fiddler tattoo that I oh, did yeah. myself oh, when yes. I was fifteen. So, so awesome. my goal is to just kind of meld all of these genres together and not have to write a specific type of thing. Like we could write something like super heavy in the future, or we could write like the most indie song ever, and it's all still us. And it's yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. talking about a little more regarding Color Me Cold, your newest song that came out recently. It's definitely a lot more advanced. It's definitely a lot more together as a whole band. Alex Vile kind of promoting its sound that now with Evan and Leo and Kaylin all in the band, you have the complete sound that you wanted it to, but kind of wanted to touch upon how that experience also changed for you as in terms of writing songs. How is the writing process for you guys? I would say a lot of it comes from us just getting practice hours in and, and, and jamming together. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, we are lucky to have the kind of like chemistry where it's like we kind of can follow each other very well with an idea. So if somebody's working on an idea, it's not out of the blue for us to just kind of see what they're doing and then just start adding on our own things. Mm-hmm. And then, wait, we just made a song. And it's stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. that. So it's Yeah, it's definitely changed a lot for me from – my writing strategy, which I still do, but it's changed. Of I would just write the song beginning to end, like on acoustic in my room, and then before they joined the band, and even when they first joined the band, I would be like, okay, like what color me cold? Like it was acoustic, and then like Evan played with it and mm-hmm. added all of those like iconic stops, like during the chorus, and then I I used to not yell during the chorus; it used to be very soft. And then with some of our newer stuff that. We're releasing later on. I feel like for me, it's it's kind of like having to just be really open to anything. Like if somebody plays a riff, that's like I would have never thought of that riff, but we're gonna continue with this riff and see what it becomes, and it usually becomes the best stuff ever. It's like you kind of have to like let go of that control, yeah. especially if you're used to writing everything just by yourself. Yeah, you kind of have to trust at the, the same time. Too. But I feel like it's it's a slightly longer process, but it's way more rewarding, and you get cooler stuff. 
yeah, yeah. definitely you get way cooler stuff complex, like it's yeah. yeah it just makes everything better <laughs> yeah my my experience with color me cold was uh i heard it first when you guys were playing live in real art tacoma and I did not realize that this was a song that was not released yet until almost a month or two Ooh. after when I heard that, oh, yeah, Alex Bell uh, published a new song. I'm, I'm going to go listen to it. And I was like, wait, this sounds familiar. <laughs> but I definitely loved the live performance. It was definitely stunning. It was very Thank interesting you. to see how you guys blend in together as well as you did. But let's just take a quick break to listen to Color Me Cold and yeah. get a little more understanding of how it sounds and then let's break into it and understand each part for each individual as well can't go down downtown again but i'll never make it out is it the memories that are driving me insane talking about their new song color me cold so i was listening to it trying to kind of analyze it and get a little more understanding of how it goes and leo i see that both you and alex have a little more interesting guitar breaks in your song mm -hmm. in terms of going from a clean station to a fully distorted or and then coming back with a slower tempo all that experience how did your process of writing the guitar parts in the song go for you two? Uh, for me, it was a two chord wonder. I love my songs with only two chords in it. I am playing only two chords the whole song. I think I literally looked up like pretty indie chords when I was learning guitar and <laughs> because I didn't know any chords and then I just fell in love with this one. I don't know what it's called, so um, don't ask me please. <laughs> and then, yeah, I started off acoustics, then started off just like kind of clean. And then we worked on this before, like kind of like right before Leo had joined. Mm -hmm. 
And then I was like, force my boyfriend to play leads. And then he wrote that little like guitar melody that's like going throughout mm-hmm. it. But then when, oh, I guess you can yeah. continue on this. Well, but then I, I worked in with the her, her, her boyfriend, Evander, me and him yeah. were, try, were trying to figure out like, it wasn't sitting right, but it was. I was like, "Oh, this idea is yeah. totally good, dude. We got to work with this." And so we just kind of got it to fit in the song, like, like just right, right in there. Yeah. And we, and, then we, and it kind of that is when we kind of developed that stop, that yeah, and like that's where we're like, "Oh, okay, we like yeah. this like kind of syncopated thing we've got going here." That and was that, yeah. that was definitely a highlight of the song for yeah. me because when I heard it live, that was definitely stunning. But when you hear it in recording too, it still stands out. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's that's where I think we were like, "Whoa, okay." We the, got the, the production really comes through on that when mm-hmm. working working with Jim. He just works Jim absolute wizardry. Oh my yeah. god, he just, yeah, mixing. he just has he knows he knows tone. He knows, yeah. he knows how to record. Shout out to Jim so Kaufman. Fun. That man is amazing. The song is also fun live because we it goes a lot longer. We cut it definitely like we cut it like half of the verse and which I still I just have that verse cut out now. But also the ending is a lot shorter in the recording. But like, like live, live, I always am like, oh, this is a song where Leo can pop off at the end, <laughs> like do whatever he wants, and it's just like kind of cool and it's a fun one. We can all just jam out and yeah. and we kind of just like end it whenever we feel. Yeah, it's definitely like it. the guitar solo song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I love it's that so song. Fun. <laughs> it's also always an aspect you want to kind of focus on when you're writing songs. I feel like a lot of times it gets lost in translation that you focus on making it so enjoyable to listen that you forget to have fun on it yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially when new artists are trying to make their own sound, sometimes when you have fun with it yourself, that pops off more than it would if you were to focus on it being specifically in a template that would fit a listener's preference. Yeah, no, it's 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 very easy to get like sucked down that rabbit hole and like, okay, we need to write for the radio. And that's how we're going to get our songs yeah. that we like and songs that like go crazy but you don't have to you don't have to follow yeah. that formula you're gonna find stuff if you're writing that much you're gonna find stuff that you like i mean like evan can when me and evan write it's just like we're just we don't start we're not like okay we're gonna do this one four five right here yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean like we we wrote the most simplest things we could like straight out of the 50 easiest bass lines yeah. book that you buy from <laughs> no, Guitar it's Center. Dude. It's like the two chord songs. Blues riff, yeah. Smoke mm-hmm. on the Water, Open 3-5. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like, like that. And, and it turns into stuff. I mean, and, you know, okay, like our, we've written like a lot of songs that just aren't there. With with literally anything, I think you just have to suck first. Yeah, yeah. you, you like, can't be automatically good. Leo and I have been playing for five years, and we've sucked dude, for a long we time a lot before of we songs, even dude. considered like <laughs> being in a band. Yeah, you're like, wow. <laughs> I, I really appreciate my parents for letting me get loud on the drums in the garage for so many years, because God, that must have been annoying dude, to hear yeah, drums dude. just so off time. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, just fills that just mess up. Uh, I drop yeah. a stick, swearing. <laughs> I would on the play. just like my guitar overly distorted, just playing the same riff for 30 minutes. Like, dude, I'm rocking out on this. And my parents, are like, what is he doing up there? I decided to just, I decided to just get start performing because I was so eager to, and then I sucked in front of people. For a little oh, yeah. That's there. a catalyst to and make you start learning. I mean, here's the thing is I'm like, dude, if I have to play these songs in front of people, then I need to practice them. Yeah. Life hacks. If you want to get better, force yourself to perform. If you want to get better, <laughs> freaking bomb a show. Yeah, that dude, is the, oh, ooh, yeah. that motivation you'll be scarred. There. You'll be scarred and you'll have to be like, I can never sound that bad Play again. a song and get laughed at. Yeah, dude. Play a song and finish it and get dead silence. <laughs> yeah. And know that you can need to do better. Yeah. And it's 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 really motivating. And yeah. to be honest, though, I'm glad I've had experiences like that because I would not have been like time to actually practice yeah. without being like, I mean, yeah. I will say my first show with Alex before Leo and Evan joined the band was a sold out Funhouse show. Oh, yeah. So there was like 150 people there and it was my first time performing. And at that moment I was like, well, I just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It was like, like I had never played a show that big before, but we were, it was a bill and one of the bands dropped and I had like previously wanted to join the bill and then last minute I was like, okay, Kaylin, like I know we've only practiced for a week, but like, come on, um, oh, we have man. this opportunity. Yeah, I joined That's like cool. a week. Yeah. Like it was literally like, I think we had like one practice together or something crazy. <laughs> you got it, just don't mess up. I don't know, I feel like just throwing yourself. Well, no there. pressure, no pressure. That's how me and Evan really got our like, I just kickstarted a lot of our writing and music Leo, stuff. Leo booked our first gig at Real Art Tacoma before yeah. we had ever performed 
arm before yeah. and before the band agreed to I'll admit yeah. that like cause our before first band before we even agreed to he was like we have a show on this day and it was like okay <laughs> and we had one song yeah and our bassist dropped because yeah. we were like cause I basically dropped the show on them out of nowhere I was like guys I got us a show I didn't ask any of you but I got us a show and I was like I'm down let's do it and then the, the bassist, bassist was like, like I'm not into like performing yeah, shows yeah I just wanted to do like, <laughs> and then yeah yeah, that's definitely fine. all right because you kind of want to have these kind of good advice for anybody listening that is considering performing, is considering making their own music as a mm-hmm. solo act, as a band. Um, you want to have that good advice of just get out there, perform, just absolutely destroy that one show and mm-hmm. then feel like you can practice more and more and get better after mm-hmm. and after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect to perform. Yeah. I don't think we've ever played a perfect show. I, I really yeah. think anybody can do it. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's just the matter of going through the motions yeah. to actually do it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely good advice. However, returning to Color Me Cold a little bit, Kaylin, I noticed in the song that the bass has a more prominent role in comparison to the other songs. I felt like it added to the song a lot. What are some of your thoughts on Color Me Cold and the bass part or the rest of it as as well? Honestly, I like it's a pretty simple bass line. It's just kind of like the notes, like the root notes with the little fills, but I feel like it adds so much to it. It's almost like you're kind of just like riding a wave, like the entire song. And me and Evan are really locked in on that song, especially live. Like the, the little stops at the chorus are really fun. And it's honestly like a simple bass line, but it's just fun. And I, I think like I just have stuff. a good time playing it. Yeah, and, it you know, I try and put a lot of feel into it. That's definitely something that's adding to the song itself. But yeah, I noticed it and it was absolutely wonderful. Great job on that. Thank you. Some other questions I had for you guys were in general as a band and your process of going through this entire story of becoming the now Alex Vile. What in your personal opinion are some hurdles that you had to overcome? Challenges or maybe stuff that you had to go past in order to become who you are now? COVID. 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 Oh, wow. I, got, I have quite the villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> not you said story. Batman backstory. I'll give you Batman backstory, and I'm sorry about it. But, um, I actually started playing music because my dad, I have five siblings, and my dad always wanted one of us to play music. Yeah. And um, so he, you know, had a drum set in the house, had like two basses, three guitars, and uh, unfortunately he passed when I was 14, and... I, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I have to do this. Like, it's something I've always wanted to do. It's something that he always wanted somebody and, you know, the family to do. And it just felt right. Like, it felt like something I had to do. And then COVID hit. And I lived on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Um, And I had nothing better to do but play bass. So it really just, like, kept me anchored and kind of helped me through that time. Yeah, I had been pl- practicing drums for probably three or four years, and, and Leo and I had been playing shows together for a couple of Get months at that point. We had we had a couple hundred followers, and we were planning releases, and we had just brought a bassist into our group, and we, were, we had literally had a show planned on March 13th, 2020, the day the 100-person limit went into effect in Washington because of the COVID-19, yeah. And that show never happened. That band never got a, another show in its actual form, yeah. and for like ever again yeah. because of COVID. And we, everything kind of grinded to a halt. And and the best we could do was we found a a little studio and we recorded our little album of songs that we had. Yeah. And um, for a good year or so, it was almost no music like no shows we could just kind of practice and and, and play music Mm -hmm. a little bit but it was just it was you couldn't express it you couldn't you couldn't like engage with the community you couldn't sell merchandise you couldn't make money for a minute i thought it was over for like the music part of my life i was like well does this well it was severely deteriorating on my mental health yeah, it was getting getting through that year that summer was just like barely leaving the house barely leaving my dad just being like yeah Whatever, man. Can't go play music. I'll just stay here. COVID definitely hit hard. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you guys made through it, and you guys have some awesome songs now. Color Me Cold is definitely one of my favorites on my playlists, and for everybody out there, if you haven't listened to it yet, 
go check it out. It's definitely an awesome song. It's very, very recent. It's been in the past two months-ish. Yeah, almost. it was released like a month and a half ago. Yeah, a month and a half. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Cover Me Cold by Alex Vile. talk a little more about how each of you grew as individual artists instead of Alex Vile. I believe there is a significance to oceanism in your careers <sighs> oh. for you, Evan, and Leo. Mm-hmm. Could you open up a little bit about how it influenced your careers so far? Well, so oceanism started out as Elm. If it we're going to go all the way back. It, the original project of just me and Leo together was called Elm. Um, mm-hmm. And we were just a two-piece performing around Puyallup and Tacoma. Yeah. We never even made it up to Seattle. It no, was, it was no. really just Tacoma shows. And we, we had a bunch of just friends who came out, and we played house shows. We played local venues, all-ages gigs, and, mm-hmm. and just tried to have fun with it. It was, just, it was more of a proof of concept. Yeah, like, was, we could do a band. We could it was make something we wanted to do. And our idea had to really drastically change once COVID had hit mm-hmm. because we weren't able to play shows anymore. Mm-hmm. So it became more of a music-based art thing. And yeah, we like, like yeah. how yeah. can we make the best 
album that we can create at the time Mm -hmm. of our limited musical knowledge of our limited knowledge of creating an album of putting something out and just a complete blind attempt shot in the dark and we saved money for it and we saved up for recording. Had, had been a band money from mm-hmm. playing shows and, and we, we kind of revamped the sound a little bit we wrote new songs we brought we, in a bassist mm-hmm. a, a I mean, really good friend we kobe, changed the name kobe adams yeah. we changed the name just to, to identify it as that project mm-hmm. and looking back on it now it's it's i, I don't love most of it honestly yeah, it's it's, it's very very beta of version of how we play it was, and how yeah. we we express ourselves it was but. literally completely diy like it was just like how oh we see like people making music making albums we're like how do we do that we f- did it step we we're like okay let's figure it out and so that was like it's even, even if yeah. it sucks and nobody likes to listen to yeah. it then we'll put it out and when we put it out it was it was really cool how much reception we got yeah. from, yeah. from, from just local yeah. community of people saying how good it was and, and people adding it to their playlists and even today there's a good 20 30 people who still listen to that yeah. every month That's or awesome. so and it's yeah. it's it's really sweet because like we we don't really i mean have that much of a connection to it anymore no, but people yeah. really really still resonate with your music even if it's small i know yeah exactly just making those connections with people really matters yeah connections are definitely a really good way to start off anything especially in the music industry we heard a little bit about your villain origin story (laughs) um but let's go to you alex for a little bit so if i'm not mistaken you recently became a guitar player been by recently i don't mean in the past few months in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about what that transition meant to you? You know, I've loved music ever since like I can remember, but I would just like write songs like in my journal or voice memos, but before I actually could play any instruments. And then I started doing theater in like seventh grade, because my whole, entire life plan was like, I'm gonna be an actress, that's my whole plan, but uh, didn't happen yet, <laughs> actually. Um, and then, yeah, so I was really into theater. I ended up going to high school, like an arts high school, like for theater and acting, because that was like my main thing i saw grace vanderwall play america's got talent Ooh. and i was like oh my god she's so good i need a ukulele and then my it's funny my parents were like um don't play ukulele that's lame you should play electric guitar <laughs> and then i was like no i want to play ukulele that is the so now <laughs> they're actually like i feel like one of the reasons they're more approving of me doing music now is because i'm not playing ukulele i'm playing (laughs) it's the most 15 year old act of defiance i don't want to play the electric guitar mom i want to play the ukulele i know i mean my parents are like huge metal fans with the ukulele but then they're like or you could actually yeah but then for me like it's weird because covid like is what got me into music instead of I mean, obviously it was still a negative for me, but um, all the plays and musicals I was in at the time got canceled because of COVID. And I was just really honed into music, started dating my boyfriend who played shows and, and then I got into guitar through that. And then I started just realizing, wow, I can play so many more songs and like write like such a bigger variety of things on the guitar versus the ukulele. And then I would play on my boyfriend's electric guitar and I was like, oh, this is so fun. And then that's when I was really like, I was actually like, we were going to start a band together um, and I was going to be the lead guitarist. I don't know why we came to that agreement because like, like I was just, just starting. I was like, yeah, I'll be the lead guitarist, you know, I'll figure out how to I'll do solo. Over everything. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, that's when I decided to buy a Strat, and I love her. She was she's super pretty, but I was just kind of also for me it was a kind of a motivation thing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend a lot of money on this instrument, and then I have to learn how to use yeah. it, and I have to like do something with it um, instead of just like I was just borrowing my boyfriend's guitars. I didn't have my own. And then when I and the second that I got like a distortion pedal, I was like, okay, there's this is so <laughs> then things changed. It's so much more like I was just going to music thinking I, w- I was I still wanted to release music like throughout high school, but I was like, oh, it's gonna be acoustic, gonna be like ukulele soft acoustic. Yeah. I mean, I still love that stuff, but it's so much more fun like jumping around on stage and like definitely it's it's a lot of fun. So yeah. yeah. Your iconic Stratocaster. I, I call it iconic because it's it's your first guitar, and first guitars have a special place in my heart. Do you still play with the same Strat, or do yes. you play with? Two? Oh yeah. Um, I only have two guitars. It's that Strat, and then the other one I have to get pretty strong. But the other guitar I got, um, it was my boyfriend's, and then 
I got it, and it's a um, Fender Lead Two with a humbucker in it. Yeah. Um, I like it because it's it's a lot. It's like lighter and slightly smaller than the Strat. Yeah. yeah. But I use both um, pretty regularly. If one, if I break a string on one, I'll use the other one, and then get that one fixed, and then I'll use the other one, kind of back and forth. But <laughs> very nice. Um, just out of curiosity to go over, Kaylin, what is your bass? Do you have a um, specific bass? So I'm actually currently using Leo's bass. It is a Squire Bronco with car vinyl wrapped around Ooh, it. And it has cello strings. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it's quite the, the deal. I really like it, but I was She's using, a real smasher. Yeah. yeah. It's short scale, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, short scale, which is nice because I am tiny and <laughs> I was playing a full scale and it was just wrecking my shoulders and my back and I have really tiny hands. So I was like, you know what? I, I need a little tiny bass. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a unique bass. I've, I've never heard one like that. How about you, Evan? What's your gear like? Uh, on drums, I, uh, I'm rocking a Pearl Decade with shells. Um, I play a really wide bass drum. It's a 26, but it's really shallow. So it's it's 18, so 26 by 18. It's, it's, it's really, really punchy. Um, I got a 14 inch snare and then I only rock one rack tom and one yeah. floor tom and then I, I like my Zildjian cymbals um, and I rock blacked out uh, Mapex stands. Nice. Yeah. Can't go wrong with the Zildjians. Oh yeah. Leo, how about you? What's your gear looking like both in terms of pedals and guitars? Well, for guitars, I'm a sucker for strats. My main, main guitar is a 2004 Mexican Strat with lace sensor pickups in it that I bought in a Trader Joe's parking lot. And that's kind of like, that's been like my old faithful, old reliable, because I yeah. have gigged so many gigs with that Strat and it always keeps up. But then recently, I've got a Univox Ripper, which is like, uh, it's like, it's, basically, it's like a Strat, it's natural finish, but with three humbuckers, like the Univox High Flyer humbuckers yeah, yeah. in it. And so I'm excited to start incorporating that in. But uh, as far as pedals go, I roll with kind of a tube screamer knockoff because they're really classic and versatile. Love fuzz. Everybody in the band loves fuzz. Oh yeah. Um, so I got a fuzz face. I've been using Alex's Big Muff, and I have a woolly mammoth. Iconic. And then, you know, just a really cheap delay pedal, a Behringer vintage yeah. delay, a fantastic for close slapback and yeah. oscillation. Legitimately, if. It's one of the best, like, yeah. cheap delay pedals out there. If I tell Leo to do something weird, that's the first pedal he turns on it's because it's phenomenal. just yeah. so cool. It's just really easy to get these oscillation yeah. and feedback sounds from it. Is that what you're it. using Lucky Number? Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's very easy to get an atmospheric sound out of it. And then I use just generic chorus and uh, all, any Fender amp, pretty much, Fender-style amp. we got to love the Fender yeah. tube stuff. I, I think we might have caught another name of another song, uh, Lucky Number. <gasps> oh. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a new one. We haven't, like, we have a demo of it, but yeah. it's it's one of our newer ones. You'll actually hear it at More Music here. at the More. Yeah. On Friday. Yeah. If, uh, probably Saturday, too. You guys are playing in 24th at the More Music at the More, and then 25th at Rap Festival at Real Art Tacoma. Yes, yes indeed. And those are both amazing venues. Wish you guys the best for those venues. Thank you. There. Thank you. I'm going to be there, so you're going to see me yeah, there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Alex, you also use a bunch of pedals. Um, do you have anything specific that you use in preference, or do you have anything that you like to use more commonly? Um, so right now, I am. I used to use the Big Muff, but right now I'm using Distortion. I'm using a Boss DS2. And then for chorus um, from Leo, it's the Rogue chorus pedal. Yeah. And then just like the Dario tuner. Dario pedal. tuner, I can't. Yeah, and I think you want to get a rat at some point. I do really want to get a rat. Um, not only because I like rats, but because I've used other people's rats, and they sound so delicious and crunchy. And that is a distortion pedal. If I anyone love is wondering, we're a fan really of rats. That is. That rat. is definitely an important really part crunchy. to mention. Yeah. Really oh yeah, it's a pedal. Like yeah. Rats <laughs> only sometimes. <laughs> But yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, for anyone who's looking to get gear, uh, the Behringers are always a really Phenomenal, good, affordable yeah. Yeah. gear. They are, they've done me justice. They've done you justice. They, yeah. They're cheap, they're effective, and they're yeah. sleek. Yeah, not sponsored, but I do recommend them. They're, it can be completely honest. They're just copying more expensive pedal circuits yeah. and <laughs> yeah. putting them in cheaper containers. And if you like a good deal, if you don't really care about the name that's on it, I more than recommend them. Yeah, definitely definitely a trusted brand because they've been in the business for a long time. They have some of the probably highest quality mixer boards, interfaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely a good brand uh, to check out. So let's run a couple of fun questions for you guys just to get it a little bit of an ending to get a little more fun. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have a favorite song to cover? In all of Alex Vile, I think my favorite song that we've covered is probably Tyler by the Toadies. Yeah, I was going to say that. That was that one's so fun to say. I was going to say um, How Does It Feel by Citizen was oh, such was a fun, fun cover to do. Yeah. I yeah. love that song. In terms of like ambitions cover, I really want to cover a song off of You'd Prefer an Astronaut. Yeah. yeah. Um, Third Eye Blind. Oh, Third Eye <laughs> Blind would be a really fun cover. Band's Guilty Pleasure uh, album. Is Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Self-titled Third yeah. Eye Blind album. I know you're a big fan of the season. Um, Kaylin, what about you? Do you have any oh, song? I definitely love How Does It Feel because I am singing with Alex on that song. It was a little rough because we like learned it like a that few morning. days before. <laughs> no, it was the literally that morning. Along, but the crowd helped us sing and like... Alex, what about you? Other than Tyler, do you have another song that you'd oh, like to cover? I feel like, oh, that I would like to. Ooh, yeah. um, graduate of Third Eye Blind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it'd be cool to cover a Deftone song in the future. Ooh. Okay, if I enter in my yelling era. Rosemary or Mascara. Yeah, like I'm just... <laughs> I want to have my Chino moment. I would just All cover the Quiet Stripe. Uh, yeah. Like, honestly, I covered that one time, but I was playing bass. <laughs> All good songs. I, I messed it up. It's three notes and I messed it up. But I would love to do something by Deftones. Sure. And lastly, um, let's chit-chat a little bit about merch because I know you guys have some merchandise and I've checked them out. They're really sweet. What are your personal opinions on the merch? How has the feedback been? And... A little fun question to throw in there. If you were to add a merch item to the list, what would you personally add? <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say lighters. Yeah, I want to lighters. Lighters. have more like cheaper stuff. Like uh, I'm making a bunch of patches for rat. But yeah. so I'm going to do that just, You don't have to spend... 20, 25, $30 on a yeah. t-shirt, yeah. you just grab something for like five also, bucks that um, you can use. Like I make it all, as of right now in the future, this will change, but as of right now, I make it all myself, which makes it so we can sell stuff for cheaper. We don't have to go through a distribution fee. Yeah. 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 Well, I actually want to make these. You'll probably see them in the future, but with the patches that Alex is making, I want to just put them on t-shirts because yeah. they're nice. so cute. Yeah, and I like the DIY look and the design for the deer merch um, my sister did. And then our original merch, which we'll bring back someday, it's like this like bunny design. And the stickers I'd, is my friend Nadia paints. I'd love to incorporate so. a rat design. Oh, yeah, oh, that'd absolutely. be cute. I love animals. It'd be yeah. exciting to get also just get in the future go through something distribution wise and yeah. get like a cool band photo printed mm-hmm. in a good way yeah. dude yeah. i saw um, or... tom for denial of life did merch um and it's like it's like a photo like on the back like of the band performing that's and cool. it's like in like half tone and it's so oh, sick that's awesome. that's so really i feel cool. like we should definitely go go through them when we that's all great well, that's all the time we had. So thank you guys for coming down and having this kind of a talk. It's always a little more fun to be able to understand the artists' individuals as well as they perform and record. So it's been an honor to meet you guys. Thank you guys for coming down. And I very much look forward to all your performances. Is there anything you want to say? You've got a couple minutes just to shout out whatever you want. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having us. Oh Thank my gosh. You. Thanks to our um, manager, Ron Robertson. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, and then if anybody- Thanks to Jim Kaufman. Yeah. For recording our dance yeah. songs. Wants to see us play, like, come hang out. We're usually playing every week. Stream the stuff. Socials are AlexVile yeah. underscore. We'd love to meet you. Come up, talk to us. We're yeah. Not, we're not that scary. We're have a conversation about music, gear. Yeah, yeah, I can. Kaylin won't. I'm yeah. okay. I can, we don't know about us. Sorry. <laughs> I can attest to that they are not scary at all. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, thank you guys. It was awesome. It was definitely a learning experience. It was fun and i look forward to hearing more from you check out color me cold if you have not already and that's all from me thank you thank you thank you guys